you're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Today, I have with me Matt Mascot, and he is with Treadstone Mortgage. And what he does at Treadstone Mortgage is marketing, marketing for the loan officers to help them with relationships with real estate agents. So if you're a loan officer and if you are a real estate agent, you want to listen in because you're going to get some wonderful and great tips today on how to stir the market. I always say, be the straw that stirs the market, right? And I know that one of the things that as the time that we're recording this, um, one of the things that we um, are really encountering is just, and we'll go into this later, but uh, encountering is the fact that everyone has tons of pre-approvals, tons of buyers and not enough houses. So we'll talk about that and how we can be the straw that stirs that market. But other than that, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me on your podcast as well. I appreciate that. So we're doing a little swap here so we can share information. So tell us a little bit about what you do on a regular basis and where your passion is. Yeah. So my passion, so I'm terrible at math. So that's why I don't do mortgages. So that's the first question I always get asked. If you're so good at marketing, why don't you do loans? And it's because math makes me want to cry. Yeah. You know, Um, most loan officers can't do math without a calculator. So that's thank God for calculators. My secondary teacher was wrong, right? Like we all have them in our pockets today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started, you know, 11 years ago and my, my role when I got started, uh, was to do digital marketing. And back then it was SEO and Facebook ads and all kinds of stuff like that. And I asked the question, all right, we rank well, we're getting online leads. What's next. And they said, well, there's these people out there called realtors. And if you could make them like us, there's a good chance that they'd send us more business and that'd be a win-win for everybody. So I said, okay, well, if I'm good at SEO, I can help them with online marketing, get them some extra leads. They will get those leads, give them to us. It'll be a win-win all around. And 10 years later, that's, it's a version. It's an extension of, of what I do. So I meet with lenders, I meet with realtors, and we go through ideas that are specific to them. Mm-hmm. Because I think the biggest problem with marketing in our industry is that great marketing gets really bastardized yeah. by, by people that like take an idea and then they just put it out there without right, thinking about their blanket. brand. And yeah, it's yeah. a blanket and yeah. good marketing should be you know, like you, Jen, live in a different area than where I live. Like your price points are different. Your clients are different. You're a different demographic than like, yeah. you know, half the world. There's every person has a niche. And so all of our marketing shouldn't look the same. So when we meet with people, um, I, I really like to go through their story to figure out what marketing is going to make sense for them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think that's a, you know, when you said SEO, you know, it's kind of like a bad word um, because most people are like, ah, I hate this whole SEO stuff and nobody really understands it. And, you know, it's so people just avoid it completely. One of the things I say all the time is that, you know, a, a lot of loan officers and real estate agents, you know, and really everybody, it's not just us. 
right? It's not just what we do, but everyone out there, you know, they sell everything to everyone and therefore they sell nothing to nobody um, because it gets lost in the, in the noise of, you know, of that market. And I know that a lot of, there are a lot of people that have just killed it on social media and others that are just trying or who are being killed on social media because they can't figure it out. It's killing them. Right. Um, but I know that you go beyond social media. This is also about relationships, et cetera. So right. before we go into the relationship piece of it, let's talk about the social media. What, what Give us like one or two really, really, really simple tips that the, the average person can just do. Yeah. So when you think about the average realtor, the average lender out there, we, most of us get most of our business from simply having conversations and from staying top of mind. So mm-hmm. this, this tip that I'm going to give applies to anyone with, regardless of your social media ability. If you're the kind of person who sends out postcards, you should be doing this. If you're the kind of person that goes to networking events, you should be doing this. Um, and so the idea is using either Facebook or Instagram to look at the stories it's what the, the little circles that pop up at the top of your screen when you load up the app mm-hmm. and choose 25 stories per day that your friends are posting and engage with them, message them. Now, you don't have to talk about real estate or mortgages. And honestly, I don't think you should. I mean, right. Jen, if we haven't talked in two months and you message me and say, hey, just want to let you know, uh, I'm still, still a mortgage lender. <laughs> I'm probably, you're a social pariah. I'm never going to talk to you again. Right. But right. if you see that I posted a story today that I took my two-year-old to the doctors and he got blood taken and I, and I posted like, hey, is he going to cry? Like, what's going to happen? That It's kind of funny. If you message me about that, I'm definitely going to respond to you. Because I took the time, I clearly cared about what I was posting. And if you found me interesting, that's how our conversation starts. Same as it would if we met at a bar, right? Like interesting conversations breed something happening. The key though, isn't to just message people things about what they're saying and then let it die. The key is to get, is to do it a certain number of times per day and get those people to ask you the magic question. And the magic question is, how are you doing? What's new with you? How's it going? Because at that point, you now have the control. They have given you the keys to the kingdom to now guide that conversation in any direction you want to go. And a very normal place to guide that, aside from like the weather, which is what we talked about before we got on this, is is work, right? Like, hey, things are going great. You know, the real estate market's hot. So I've been, so I've been busy with lots of clients. Like that would not only tell people, hey, it's a busy, hot market but also it reminds them that you're a lender, that you're a realtor, et cetera. Yeah. But without also, going into depth, you know, of, yeah. Hey, do you, let me get your social security number. Yeah. And you know, the other crazy thing, and like one of the most exciting pieces of this is that it actually helps all of your other social media efforts. If you do that messaging strategy. And the reason is that Instagram and Facebook, same company, it's meta, their algorithm, the thing that um, dictates how high or low your post will show up on the feed their algorithm gets tripped when you and I, when you and someone else have back-to-back communication, two-way communication. Now, if you send them a message and they don't respond, that doesn't help you. It doesn't hurt right. you, but it doesn't help you. But when Facebook sees that we're having a conversation, they now know that we're interested in each other again. And my posts are going to appear higher on your newsfeed, my stories, my posts, everything. This has been the case for years now. And it's shocking. I mean, just as an example of what you could do with this, if you were an agent and you knew you were, you know, or one of your agents out there was listing a home in, you know, XYZ city, uh, Brooklyn, New York on Thursday, you could start strategically sending out messages on Instagram, uh, not about real estate, 
to people you know who are in that price range who live in that area to guarantee that those people see the next post you do the next day. Oh, that's cool. Make sure yeah. you're listing in addition gets like to that sharing feedback. it on that day. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I love that piece of it. Yeah. Now the other thing that you didn't say, yeah. which I love. And, and so I, I love that you said, you know, if you're a networker, you need to do this. If you're writing notes and sending postcards, you need this. the one thing that drives me crazy and look, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm vulnerable about it. I'm, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. We're busy. Right. So yes. I will go in and go like, but when I, I laugh about this all the time, because if you were networking and you were walking around a networking thing, you wouldn't just look at someone and go, and for those of you that it's quiet, guess what we're doing? We're doing the like thumb, right? We're going, I'm not talking to you. I'm just going in a networking event. I mean, be it's creepy. the silliest thing. It, it's <laughs> like, it's even worse than winking at someone. It's just weird. Right. It's really weird, but it's like, oh, I like you. Like, like, <laughs> right. And I always attune, you know, a lot, whatever I like to the same kind of thing. And, and every time I do it, I laugh at myself and I think, okay, fine. I'll take a second to go. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. How many words do we need to get enough yeah. information other than, so forget like, okay. Yes. You could like too, if you wanted to, because they're looking for likes, but I mean, I'm not really looking for a bunch of people to do a bunch of thumbs up. <laughs> right. I'm looking for business. <laughs> I'm looking for business, right? Yeah. So, and and then we have, you know, the cool or the emoji. So tell us what's the formula? Is it three words? Is it five words? Is it emoji with some words? What, what's the formula? So, you know, the formula is going to be number one, moving, moving the conversation to messages whenever possible is your number one, number one thing. So if you're, if you're in stories, the best part is that every comment goes through as a message. So it's a double win strategy. Great. Now, if you're on the newsfeed and you want to know like how much to post longer is always better. Okay. Um, Longer and more engaging. Now, if it's super long and and then no one engages with it, no one likes it, no one comments back, no one replies, then it's probably going to die at some point. Um, The real strategy, and this is going to be like crazy for someone that's like in their mid thirties, social media person to say but I always tell my lenders, take if it's really that interesting, take it off social media, right? Like you see that your, your best client's kid just graduated high school, pick oh. up the phone and call, send a card, send a present, do something. Yeah. I have my, my, all of my top loan officers, I will have their executive assistants scan through their social media accounts a couple of times a week and literally write down or type out an email with a hot list of these are the things you need to know about your clients, your realtors, your friends that are happening on social media that you can now use in our CRM system um, when you call them, when you see them out at the grocery store, et cetera. Yeah. That's like taking social media into real life. I think that's where 99% yeah. of the untapped value on social today is. Yeah, for that's, that's moving from high tech to low tech, if that's what you want to yeah. use terminology. That's moving you know, the relationship from online to offline. And um, yeah, okay, so that sounds, that sounds good. So that's tip number one. What's another tip that you have um, that someone could do, you know, so someone says, okay, 25 a day, uh, right. We're busy. We're busy writing offers that go nowhere. We're busy. writing that go nowhere. Yeah. Um, so some people are not going to see that as an advantage, right? They're going to say, mm-hmm. oh, that's busy work. Yes. That's the long haul. What do I do today that sure. makes a difference? You know, on social media, um, if we're sticking on social media, one of the things you can do today is on um, Facebook or Instagram. On Facebook, you can join groups. 
-hmm. Now think really critically about all of the groups in real life that you're a part of. Yeah. Join them. Like I have a high school alumni group. Mm -hmm. I have a grand, like I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I have a Grand Rapids foodies group. Yeah. I have a group for my neighborhood. I have a group for my kids' daycare parents. I, I mean, there's tons of groups that I'm in. And almost every week, I don't know if I've had a week in five years where someone hasn't posted, I need a lender, I need a realtor. That is literally the lowest hanging fruit that you can possibly get on social media. Now on Instagram, it's not groups. On Instagram, it's hashtags. Mm -hmm. So you could follow, you can follow a hashtag instead of following a person. And that hashtag might be like the name of the lake that you and your family go to. Right. And then you click on the hashtag and you'll see all the other people that are engaging about that lake. And that's a great way to, meet, to make friends in that area. Um, so on the Facebook side of it, I would just join the groups. I'd introduce yourself if people don't all already know you. Then I would just try to answer other people's questions. I don't even necessarily need to post like, hey, I'm a lender. If anyone ever needs and needs a mortgage, that's not my jam. Although it probably doesn't hurt every now and then. But what I do is every day someone's asking a question, hey, I need a plumber. Hey, I need a landscaper. Hey, I need a contractor. Hey, I need a babysitter. And I'm always the one that's referring them to someone else. And then I send a text message to the person I referred them to to let them know, hey, this referral is coming your way. It's from me. It's from um, let me know tomorrow if it's a good referral. And then I'm yeah. usually able to build that social capital to then get more referrals from someone in that transaction. Right. And you post that referral right in the group. You don't move it to um, instant messaging or anything like that because. <laughs> funny, you funny you should exposure. ask that. You want the exposure. I, I do both. Um, okay. <clears throat> so the first thing that I do is I comment it below and I try to always write more than other people. Mm -hmm. Cause like, you know, I'm not on social media all day long. I do have, you know, a life, kids, a job, all that stuff. Right. So <laughs> I, if there's four comments, like someone's already recommended four lenders or four plumbers, I then write one that's bigger with a more, more glowing review. Oh my gosh, you have to use Jen. She's literally one of the number one lenders in the country. Yeah. She just helped my other friend X, Y, Z. So I'm going to write more. Secondly, if it's mm -hmm. someone that I know fairly well, I'm actually going to shoot them a text or send them an email because I want, I want my referral to seem more important and more thoughtful than all the other people that and just someone comment, going, comment, just call comment. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I'd say nine times out of 10, my referral gets chosen. And then I'm able to make that call to my referral partner afterwards. Yeah. I love that. I, I think that's good. And so going back to your comment about, you know, when you get in there, you know, saying, Hey, uh, you know, this is what I do. If that's what you want to do, if you want to yeah. introduce yourself or whatever, um, you know, it goes back to the, to the book, jab, 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 hook, right. Is it, you want to go in and you want to help, 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 remind help, mm -hmm. help, 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 remind them what you do, you know, maybe posting a closing picture or, yeah. you know, a new listing or an article or something, you know, in there, once you've done some of the help, uh, because no one wants to come to a party and have the nasty guy there, you know, cause that's yeah. really what a group is. It's a party. And it's like, Ooh, who's the, we call it a skunk, right? The person who just walks around and everybody's going, eh, eh. all they do is just, you know, beg for stuff, you know, and they, and they're, uh, they're not even, liking, right? They're just right. begging for They're stuff. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why we call them the skunk, right? You always want to be, be something better than that. Okay. So, so that helps on some social media. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Um, let's move to offline, you yeah. know, offline relationships, you know, what can we do to help with, um, and imagine that was your instant message, you know, Instagram message strategy. Uh, yeah. but what can we do to help um, loan officers and realtors, you know, stir this market up a little bit, Absolutely. More, you know, and not just be, 
Um, and I, and I want to kind of go past the, the normal stuff. Like, you know, yes, I did a pre-approval, you know, if I am, if I'm a loan officer, I did a pre-approval and God, I hope you're calling. <laughs> I hope you're calling the listing agent and saying, Hey, I just sent the letter every single day. I mean, that's like old news to me. Um, cause we've done it for so many years, but you're calling the listing agent and you're, uh, you know, saying, Hey, look, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, if you have any further questions, tell me what the seller's looking for, because if, a lot of agents don't ask that, right? So what, what's most important to the seller? Because if it's a rent back, maybe I can take that back to my agent and say, hey, guess what? It's a rent back. Maybe we could do that. Um, so we'll, we'll push all that aside and assume that you're doing that. What's next? What else can we be yeah. doing to help get more so, listings, get more buyers? Yeah, right. Because the elephant in the room right now is that, you know, 50% of realtors and lenders are not going to make a paycheck this month. Yeah. Because there's not enough homes selling and the refis aren't happening as much right now yeah. to, to get transactions going. So what can we do? The number one thing I've seen in the last month that our office has been closing on a ton has been this, and it's, it's ungodly simple and realtors can play too. But if you're a lender, here, here it is first. If you're a lender, I want you, your processor, your team to add one question to the end of every conversation you have with a realtor with a client, with a friend, with a neighbor, whoever, for the next month or until the inventory crisis is done, which might be, you know, years. Yeah. And this is the question, what off-market properties or properties do you know of that aren't listed that are going to list soon or coming up? Okay. I, yeah. So pocket listings. We're looking pocket, for pocket listings. listings. I mean, right. right. We have a list going internally in the office. It's a shared right. document and it's every single person that goes to a realtor Tuesday meeting or every single realtor that tells us like, Hey, these clients are old. Uh, the one's sick, they have cancer that they don't want to, they don't want to list on the market or Hey, um, this one would sell off market for this price. We're putting all that in a shared spreadsheet. We have 1600 pre-approved buyers. We almost always have a match somewhere in the office for this person. So we're taking one of our processors that's not busy right now. And they are now an analyst. It's yeah. not a position a lot of mortgage companies have. They are analyzing our buyers, what they're pre-approved for, what areas they're looking for. They're comparing that to the data that our entire office is feeding in of off-market properties or properties that are going to hit the market next week, but might sell if, if they get the right amount of money. And we know their ratios. We know how high above ask right. they can go. We right. know all that data. So I think if you're a lender and you're not doing this, you're crazy. But if you're a realtor, especially I'm going to pick on realtors that are at big brokerages right now, like Keller Williams, Remax, EXP. A lot of these places have weekly meetings where everyone shows up and talks about off-market listings and upcoming listings. If you're not going to those as an agent, you are doing your clients a disservice. Yeah. Go to meetings. Go to meetings. <laughs> Networking has never been, I mean, for years and years and years in, in both of our industries, Networking is like, oh, like I would go to that holiday party, but I don't need to see other realtors and lenders. No, you were wrong. You should have been going to these things because if other realtors, listing agents, for instance, like you, they're more likely to accept your offers for your clients. You're doing your clients a disservice if you're not that likable person. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, this goes way back for us. You know, I mean, I say like, I'm still in the business. I know everybody knows I'm not okay. <laughs> but it goes, My husband still is. And my, my daughter is, but it goes way back for us, you know, probably 10, maybe more than that, 15 well, I know it is more than 15 years, you know, way back before 20, 2008. And, um, 
you know, that we, we got more offers accepted because the listing agents had heard from us on another property that it wasn't accepted, right? Our offer wasn't accepted, but they're like, oh, I remember you calling me a long time ago. I remember this. I remember that. And we got and still get more listings. Um, I mean, more offers accepted because they've worked with us before. We have a reputation. They know who we are. And that goes a really long way. And so if you're just, you know, sending out pre-approval letters and you're not taking the extra time, to call the listing agent to create some type of a relationship with them, even if it doesn't get accepted, you know, even if it doesn't get accepted to call them and say, I know it didn't get accepted, but I loved having that conversation with you. How can I help your business grow? Mm -hmm. Right. Why are you waiting for every listing agent who comes through a loan application process to then say, oh, well, now I'll start talking to the listing agent. Talk to the ones that didn't get accepted because you never know when they need you as well. So I think that's really key. Okay, so I love that. I love that idea. And you know, with with volume low, everybody's sitting around twiddling their thumbs. There's no reason why you can't put this into play. No, yeah, you know, I think you know, for anyone out there whose volume is low on any side of the real estate transaction, even title, for God's sake, mm-hmm. you need to look at the people who are sitting idle and think, mm-hmm. what could they be doing right now? If it's yeah. calling past leads that didn't that didn't get a callback, if it's updating your CRM system, if it's coming up with a unique pitch, if it's doing your social media for you, yeah. figure it out. Uh, people that aren't busy at capacity don't work very well. Yeah, you got to keep their skills sharp. Yeah, that's it. And it, when I think the important thing we all know this is, if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backward. You're not actually sitting idle. <laughs> Anybody who's it's sitting like idle is actually yeah. going backwards, <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyone who's sitting idle is definitely going backwards downhill. <laughs> downhill. Um, yeah. And I think that, I think that's super important, you know, and then, uh, you know, and this obviously goes along with, you know, your alumni clients, those that you're calling, you know, that you've closed business with in the past and, and those that are in your circle of um, trust, if you don't have enough calls coming in, you know, you had said every single phone call at the end of the phone call asks this, if you don't have enough phone calls coming in, then it's time to have phone calls going out. So let's talk about what you like to do, you know, for your after close tactics, as you call it. Yeah. So after close, I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent of the fact that like most mortgage lenders are here to basically get people into debt. It's yeah. not that sexy. Like it's, it's cool <laughs> leading up to the process, but then there's that like stark moment of realization afterwards where you're like, the clients are like, Oh, you're actually going to make me pay for this. I'm like, I yes. have a monthly payment now for 30 years. Right. So we're really big on trying to add value after closing. And one of the, you know, you never want to muck, you never want to like add in commentary that's not necessary during the process because speed is the goal and not confusing the client's goal. But after closing, there's an opportunity to add some value. So one thing that a lot of our lenders do is they will do a financial review, um, not as a financial advisor, but really as someone who has just poured over all of this client's financial information. And then we use it as a reason to reach out six months later, three months later mm-hmm. to give them some tips and tricks like, hey, uh, whether if you want some advice, like I look at a lot of people's finances, I noticed that, uh, that you're putting some money here in savings, but you weren't using your 401k. I have a couple of friends that work at your company. They do a 40% match or they do a 10% match. If you did this, this, and this, you'd have more money in your budget because this money would be tax-free. So giving people some of that advice, because you're looking at all of their stuff can be huge. And it's a huge value add. Um, but also like you can then use that as an opportunity to find out if they like the house that they bought in the first place. And if they don't, which right now, NAR says that 50% of buyers have remorse yeah. because they're yeah, buying because, homes they don't love. Yeah. Cause they just want to buy. 
They yeah, they just, and, I mean, and, people need a house to live. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that too, because I've told my clients, my coaching clients, right? I've told them, look, you know, we have this reverse, um, reverse, uh, I, I, I'm going to call it a stigma now because I can't think of the word right now, but, but, um, you know, when clients call us and they say, what's the rate, what's the rate, we hate that because we're saying, oh, you know, they want the lowest rate, they want the lowest rate. Yet we reverse engineer that when we go into our CRM and we see that their rates low, they're like, oh, they don't need it. They don't need it. They don't need me. They don't need me. But life events happen. You don't know. It could be the day after they refinanced, they decided to get a divorce. It could be the day after they purchased, somebody lost a job. Someone lost a life, right? Um, they found out they were going to have a baby, whatever it is. And so, so we have these stereotypes when we look into a file rather than reaching out and having that conversation. So it's interesting that you're saying that NAR came out with this, you know, um, this uh, statistic, you know, that 50% are having buyer's remorse because they don't really like the house sight unseen needed to buy it. They have this great rate. I swear to God, they're willing to leave that great rate. I swear. Just like an example, like, you know, when, when you walk into a clothing store or when you walk in to buy an expensive purse or watch, the salesperson doesn't see that you're already wearing a nice purse or watch and then decide not to help you because, oh, they couldn't possibly need two Rolexes. Yeah, they don't need two no. watches. Why do they we look do at you that? And Why say, are we oh my so gosh. stigmatized in that direction? Yeah. I can't understand that. Yeah. Our industry is the worst for that. Realtors and lenders say, oh, they just bought. I'm not going to Oh, call they just them. bought. They don't need it. Yeah. But every other industry on earth that's making yeah. way less commissions is all about helping people that already purchased. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm glad that we're having that conversation because I, you know, I've talked about that on this podcast until I'm blue in the face. (laughs) I've talked about it. I don't know how many times, but I'm just, you know, I'm glad that somebody else is saying it too. And and hopefully people that'll resonate with people, you know, as they're going through this now. Um, So that's a great tactic. I love that, you know, just finding out what these pocket listings are, you know, it's getting ready to go on the market. You know, if I got the right price, I can tell you I'm, I'm one of them now, my husband and I, you know, most people know last year, my husband had a very, um, he almost died. He had a um, brain injury and, uh, you know, and we were about ready to put the house on the market and now the market's different and rates are higher and the house is going to cost more. It's a, you know, a million dollar house. And so it's going to cost more for people just because of rate. But he just said to me last week, you know, I'm going to have an agent just take a look and kind of let me know where we stand on it, you know, and if it's the right price, I'd probably consider selling again. And so I'm a pocket listing if it's the right price. Right. So, um, I think that's pretty interesting stuff. Okay. What, what else, what other, um, and, and I get the after closing tactics, you know, about, um, keeping in touch with clients, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, that I call it mortgages under management. So, um, all right. So let's talk about realtors, you know, talking with realtors now and, and they're all busy, right? They're busy, busy. They're just busy. And I call it Busyville leads to Brokeville, right? Leads to Burnoutville. And I think that everyone's just busy kind of scrambling right now. How do we sort of stop that chaos and really dive into um, some really strong strategic partnerships right now so that we can plan for a quality future for both parties? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is that most people in our industry are always too busy to spot the easy opportunities in front of them. Mm-hmm. And a good realtor lender partnership, you have another set of eyes to find those opportunities. Yeah. Because you're having two different sets of conversations. Mm-hmm. And you know, it starts when the when the lead is initially referred. Um, and it starts by the minute Jen, you refer me a lead, 
I talked to that customer on the phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're working with Jen. I love her. I just saw her at Ruth's Chris last week. She's the best. She actually just helped my last three clients that got offers accepted. She was the one that helped them get those done. You were in good hands. It starts by pumping each other up. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, realtors listen up because I want you to pump me up as the lender in the same way that I'm going to pump you up. And yeah. Instead of here, just call some peeps. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Like, don't bother calling me. If you're going to put me on the list of three. I'm not, I'm not interested. I know. I used to do that. I used to, we, they go, hi, they said to call me. And I'm like, I don't even know who they are. Right. Yeah. Who's the realtor. They said to call and get the rate. And I would just say, Hey, why don't you hold on just a minute? And I'd go out into the pit, right. Into the pit of the other loan officers and say, who wants a lead? And everybody would horseshack me and say, me, me, me. Yeah. And I say, here you go. Cause it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Where I'm not a commodity. But it starts with it starts with that really great mutual building of each other. And then secondly, my goal as a mortgage professional is that as soon as we get to as soon as we get to like the, the biggest part of the transaction, we're having that conversation with the client saying, hey, we just want to let you know, this is a really competitive market. Would it be would it be fair to ask you for a favor if we're able to close this in 12 days to get you this deal done? would you be able to give us the name of a friend or family member that we could help? Like, could we, if we knock it out of the park for you, can we get that commitment from you? So we set it up right before closing because after closing, my goal is to get one referral back to my realtor for at least every other deal they sent us. Yeah. Now, you know, some people are moving from out of town, so they don't really have as many referrals to give, but one in two is a very, very doable number, especially when you set that person up with expectations and lenders, you can play the same game on agents and ask them to commit to you if like if they're calling you to you know for the hardest thing ever and you can tell them hey if i get this done it's going to be a work of god can you can you commit to having coffee with me to having lunch with me next week whatever um that's been a big one for us and then lastly i think lenders since we're at our desks most of the day when we're not at meetings right we're right. able to focus a lot more on our crm <clears throat> so look for those opportunities you just close the deal with a guy that works at facebook for instance well Everyone that works there makes great money. They have they have good income. They have stock options. Why don't we see if the client can connect us to the HR department to get in their employee benefits guide yeah. and add the realtor to it too? Like get your realtor yeah. involved. Oh yeah, if you were, you'd be the spearhead. You'd be the spearhead, but yes. bring all of your team in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we that. have all this data, and we we need to see these opportunities and then give our realtors the the same opportunities. And if you do that, guys, they will love you. Yeah. I love that. I call that workplace, right? Every right at approval, because that's a level meter, right? They love you the most at approval, <laughs> right? It wavers all throughout the thing. The goal is to keep it up as high as you can. And we used to do that too, is call and say, Hey, you know, Oh, thank you so much for the approval. This has been great. This has been great. Wonderful. Who at your HR, you know, HR, or the manager of your company, whatever, and let us come in and do workplace uh, lunch and learns. That's what we did. And yeah. they include benefits and stuff like that too. And yeah. So now we're doing client acquisition hmm, because there's no rule that says that, that, loan officers can't do client acquisition that only realtors do it. And we have to wait for them to send. Right. It's, it's just silly. I love this concept because I call it instead of one and done, it's one and one. How do I, how do I manifest more business out of the business I already have? So I love that you're looking into the loan while you're in the loan. So what else um, do you think is important that you see realtors and loan officers not doing? You know, one of the biggest ones is, and this, I think this is actually almost comical, but I joke that if I was the president of the United States or if that job paid enough money or wasn't all drama, that I would make it a law, a federal law that realtors and lenders 
were required to send out a quarterly estimate of what their clients' assets, their real estate assets were worth. I mean, yeah. financial advisors have been legally required to do this for 60 yeah. years, yeah. right? But for anyone I know under 40, our houses are worth more than our 401ks. Like I, my right. real estate's worth a lot more than my 401k yeah. and I'm yeah. putting the max in. So, I mean, it's a huge missed opportunity for a realtor and lender not to team up and send out a really high quality home value. Now yeah. I'm going to really dig in on that. I do not need as a customer, I do not need you to send me a link to my Zestimate. That is useless, right? right like right. I need a lender and realtor that are better than technology. I need some personal, some personal touches there, but it, it, regardless of the amount of business that you do, that should be everyone right now's number one form of marketing. It's a annual estimate of what someone's home is worth with a personal note, with a call ahead of time to let them know that it's coming in the mail and that you'd like to talk about it. It's what sets up refis. It's what sets up new purchases. It's what sets up getting people excited about real estate, buying investment properties, all kinds of other stuff. If you're not doing that, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. What do you think about HomeBot that does that monthly? Yeah. It's so I, I use HomeBot. We, we subscribe <laughs> yeah. to HomeBot. I think it's a cool tool. Um, yeah. I think HomeBot is a great, it, the price of it's fantastic. I think um, it's a great addition to every lender and realtor's toolkit. Um, on the realtor side, I would always like maybe print out that HomeBot report and then add like a handwritten note, like, Hey, by the way, like, did you, I, I heard that you updated, made some updates when you moved in. Can you let me know what those updates are so I can adjust your value even higher? Like take that to the next level. Like yeah. realistically, like we're, we're like a year away from Zillow knowing the exact type of wood in the picture of, on the cabinets <laughs> right, on your house. And right. Zillow will be updating by a half percent here and a half percent yeah. there. So yeah. right now, I think realtors need to really take control of that. Now, for a lender to send that out monthly, I think it's great. Another hack for HomeBot would be instead of loading your clients into HomeBot and then having HomeBot send the emails, I prefer to actually take the HomeBot link and put that into my CRM system and send that out to my clients. That way, like the ones who want it, get it. And I only pay for the ones who want it and who get value for it. Yeah. Okay. That's Someone from HomeBot's idea. probably going to reach out to me now and yell at me for... for <laughs> saying that, but that's how I like to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can prevent it from, you know, from going there or you can just, you know, let it come twice and you yeah. know, it depends. It depends on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love that idea. You know, I call that real estate under management, just like mortgages under management, you know, ha helping the real estate agent, you know, provide a CMA, um, on a regular basis, especially now everybody knows values are high, but I will say there are some clients I've been hearing this. Some clients are thinking because of inflation that values of homes are going to drop and they, they are not, they are not going to be dropping. They're going to be going up even higher. So um, but we're just not seeing that where it's not in front of us as much because we don't have as many activity, you know, active purchases happening that is driving that. So it's, it's perfect for us to be pushing it from behind rather than them seeing it from in front right now, you know, as the spring market, uh, you know, gets, gets heavy, hot and heavy. And I think it will, if the weather ever changes, you know, for us here in Virginia, for those here, um, not in the, in the sun. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Just what we're experiencing. What, um, thank you so much for all of this. I think yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely. And I know you have a book out too. So let's talk about the book because that's something that you want to um, give away to everybody. So tell us a little bit about what yeah. they would get by getting your book. Sure. So we all learn in different ways and, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I have not been in the business as long as you, Jen, but I've been in it for a short 11 years. Yeah. And every time I go to a conference, it's like so much motivation. I'm so pumped up and jazzed. And then I oftentimes leave 
And I, I'm like, what, what did I learn that I can actually do today? Yeah. So my book is that my book is tangible action that realtors, lenders, title professionals can take today to generate a deal or to do something business development wise, that's going to make a difference in their, in their bottom line. So awesome. every chapter, two to three pages, because yeah. I know that to keep someone's attention in this industry for longer than that is almost impossible, especially when a listing might come up yeah. or a buyer might call you with a crazy need. So all the chapters are super short. We have specific letters that you can send out to your neighborhood. We have uh, we have a really fun tip where if your kids are selling Girl Scout cookies, you can tag along and get some deals with them. Uh, we have <laughs> a variety great. of tips for yeah. LinkedIn, social media, um, very specific yeah. things that anyone can do now. And I think 99% of them are free and just take your time. A lot of them can be given to your assistant or people on your team. Um, and a lot of them are things that you're already all doing already. And you can just simply add to your current strategies. Yeah. Maybe just a little tweak here and there. Sometimes just a yeah. change of one degree can make a difference, you know, in the long haul. Um, okay. Wonderful. So we will have the link so that everyone can get that. Um, so before we, before we finish up, I have a couple of other things yeah. I want to ask you. Um, you had talked about past emails that convert. I mean, um, past client email, I don't call them past by the way. So I'm having a hard time with this current word. client alum, alumni client. <laughs> so when I look at past, I don't see it as P-A-S-T. I see it as P-A-S-S-E-D because mm. that's a tech, you know, because so many people in our industry, it's like, you know, we're not relationship, we're transactional. And so they passed on, right? These past <laughs> passed on, and we allow them to be passed on to another loan officer or real estate agent because we're not keeping in touch with them. So I call them alumni. They come back. Um, okay. Alumni client emails that convert. So what, why are you even focusing on this? Like what's so important about this? Because a lot of people have like total expert at top of mind and, you know, and they're sending emails. Is it that you did some stats on this and said, you know, yeah, we're doing all this stuff, but we're not really getting the results. And so let's look at the content of the subject line. So tell, tell us where this came from and why it yeah. would be important. Well, you know, the biggest thing for us is we realized that it's a respect thing and most realtors and lenders are sending out total junk to people that they want to make thousands of dollars in commission on. Mm -hmm. And it makes, it makes little sense to me why the guy at the car dealership who's only making 500 bucks on a car sale is sending out personal high quality um, content and the lender and the realtor are sending out whatever their, their brokerage or corporate office. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like don't send me a picture of a house in California for 10 million. If I'm in Michigan, my average <laughs> prices are $200,000 or they're, they're now three thirty. Right. Um, but the big thing is the subject line needs to get someone to want to open your email. Um, that's step one. Uh, one subject line that I use all the time is I'll, I'll put the word re like R E like a reply mm -hmm. in the subject line and have it be about something vaguely similar um, to something we've worked on before. Most email marketing systems, you can even insert conditional logic in there and it could be reinsert property address. Right. Like, so their own property addresses in the email. So it's going right. to look more legit to them. Right. Okay. Um, I've also used in case you missed it, it as a subject line. And typically what I'll do is if we send out a mailer, we always follow the mailer up with an email a week later that says, Hey, uh, if you're like me, most mail at our house goes right into the trash. This one's really important though. Here's a quick update that you need to know as a homeowner. Okay, Something good. Like that. Yeah. So it's, it's the tiers of, you know, the mailer and then the email and then the text and then the phone call. 
Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. The second tip for email, and this one is, this one's insane to me, but 99, like some huge percentage of, um, of CRMs in the mortgage industry don't send out emails to co-borrowers. It only ever emails the borrower. Uh, and yeah. yeah, that can be a little bit weird because sometimes the decision maker is, is just the, the person is the co-borrower. They just weren't the primary borrower because maybe yeah. their credit sucks or maybe who knows, who knows what it's that is. Husband and wife. Yeah. It's the typical. Yeah. The first time we ever did a co-borrower email, we converted 50% higher than any other email we'd ever done because we were reaching new people that hadn't heard our same old spiel before. Wow. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity for you get for people out there. And I mean, I'm going to like to anyone out there who only puts either the husband or the wife or the partner in their system. That's, I mean, that's not really rude, but it's, it's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, You You don't know who's going to die. You don't know who's going to get divorced. You don't know who the decision maker is. You don't know if in their culture that's rude or not. I mean, there's a million reasons to add two people on every transaction. Make sure you're doing that if, if that's the case. Yeah, that's a big hack. That's a big, big hack that hopefully you all heard that. And so everybody's going to go into their, their database because, you know, if you print your database, it's going to be by borrower from last name and only one borrower, right? And so, yeah, that's that's very important. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, what's your hack for getting people to show up to events? That's a big thing now. You know, I'm, I know I'm from a coaching perspective. I am... Uh, encouraging my clients to, you know, be having webinars, be now that we're all free, you know, to be having events and having them on a regular basis to stir up the market. So how do you get people to come to it? And I'm talking, I'm talking specifically about loan officers, getting realtors to come to things. You may be speaking about how to get clients to things. And if that's the case, share that as well. But um, because we all have that, you know, you send out a bunch of things, you know, three people say they're going to show up and nobody does. Yep. So I'll give this tip to, um, for, for both, um, for anyone that's doing invites for anything, I use this for my two-year-old's birthday party and I use this to get realtors to events. I'm not comparing realtors to two-year-olds. That was just (laughs) the way that it came out. It just came out that way. (laughs) Um, but there's an app that I found about a year ago that's called hit M up H I T E M U P hit M up. And it syncs with your, um, your contacts in your phone. It's, it's like two cents a text, by the way. So it's, it's in everyone's budget. Yeah. And it lets you insert the first name from your contact with a quick message. Like, Hey, Hey, John yeah. wanted to let you know, having a party next week. Would love to have you there. Yeah. It's not from a different number. It's from your cell phone number that they already have saved in. And you actually like, so it loads up the text. It loads up like 30 texts and you literally click, 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 send, 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 send. So it does not hit their phone as a spam text message. That is the key. I have a spam text message system that we used to use. It was good. This is better. Um, My response rates are are much better using this system. Um, And you got to kind of make it interesting. Like I don't invite everyone to every event. I invite people to events that are curated that I know that they're going to want to go to. And we do, we do surveys a couple of times a year just to find out like what people are into. So that, that helps a ton. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, we used to do a text, uh, a voice text. I can't remember. Mm. Was it a voice text? I think that we were doing this is years ago. And I, but it's just reminding me of this, that you can include this kind of text in it. And I don't know if this system lets you do an audio text, because I think that's really good too. I mean, I I think people are into audio texting too. And other people use BombBomb and you could, you could do a very similar version of this with BombBomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right from your phone. So 
Yeah. Well, I used to do this audio text. I'm, I'm trying to, it, maybe it was slide dial at the time. I yeah. Slide I don't dial. know if it was slide dial at, at that time. Cause I don't even think I've actually done slide dial, but, but I was, you know, at an event and I'd say, Hey, I'm, Hey, it's me. I'm just getting ready. Um, getting ready to go downstairs. I'm so excited to see you because one of the things that we know is like that morning of is when most people decide they're not Cancel. going Right. right. They're, they're like, sorry, you know, my foot hurts. Sorry. I need to brush my teeth. Sorry. I have a client, you know, one client, <laughs> one client that's coming in town forever, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, so what we did is we did that thing that said, Hey, I just wanted to touch base with you, you know, let you know, I'm so excited. I'm getting ready to go downstairs right now. I'm so excited for us to, you know, for you to be here. And I'm really counting on seeing you. And I, I can't wait to see you that kind of thing. And I would get voicemails back saying, Oh my gosh, I thanks so much for reminding me. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel so bad because you're, you know, you just called me and said something. And so I just want them to feel bad. Right. Yeah. But we did have more people show up because they got that last minute slide dial. I love doing that. So we do a lot of those like the day before, like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, it means a ton to me that you're coming to our event tomorrow. It wouldn't be the same without you. You've supported my business for so long. And then kind of like, Oh, Hey, by the way, um, we're, we're paying the bartender one price, no matter how many people show up. If you want to bring a friend in that you think I'll like, would love to have him over. Yeah, right. Because someone else is not going to show up. So we know right. we're going to have space. I will figure, I will figure it out if more great people show up to my party. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I love that. I love that. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's a really good, that's a really good hack as well. All right. So last question is what motivates you every day? What is, what is your daily mantra, your daily routine that's motivating you to stay ahead of the curve? Because, you know, right now it's so important for everyone to not be in someone else's wake, right? Mm -hmm. Be the lead boat. What's keeping you ahead? So probably two things. First one, um, I think my mantra every day is that there is opportunity literally everywhere. You just have to be able to see it Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes see it in a different way. And so every day when I wake up, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm at work, if someone has like an idea, I almost get too distracted because I will drop everything and focus on that idea just to see if it has legs for five minutes. That keeps me exciting, excited. Mm -hmm. The second thing, is that I know that at the end of the day, most of my competitors in, in the country that do, that do real estate, that do mortgages, 99% of them do something called hope marketing. <laughs> yeah. They hope that because they're cool or because they're pretty or because X, Y, Z, that the phone is going to ring and someone's going to call with business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is not predictable. That is not repeatable. And I am super motivated by the fact that I work with some amazing lenders, some amazing realtors who actually time block, put strategies out there that can guarantee a certain number of results. Yeah. Um, And working with people like that is unbelievably motivating. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I call it the hope and pray. Yes. Please, please, please. (laughs) Hope and pray method, right? It's not just hoping, but they're praying for it too, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I think that's great. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I, so I have this mantra, it's similar to what you were saying in the morning. Um, and mine's sort of a, you know, well, it's not a prayer, but I just say someone at, you know, dear Lord, someone out, someone somewhere out there is looking for me, please have, please help me have the skill to see the opportunity when it comes my way. 
I love that. Because, and that's and that's just sort of a, a daily thing. Somewhere, somewhere, someone out there is looking for me. Please help me see the opportunity when it comes my way. And you know, it's it's me just knowing that someone out there needs me. I've got to find them today. And, and I just kind of wake up every morning like that. And it was like that when I was in lending too. It's the same thing. So and it's a prosperity. I mean, if you start your day with a mantra that it's a prosperity focused mindset. The, yeah. like, I, I have no patience for my lenders squabbling over, oh, that's my realtor. Oh, that's my client. There's a million people out there. You just got to spot the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for everything. Um, this was, this was so great. I love learning. I'm, I always consider myself to be a, a constant learner. So I love, I love um, several of the things that you said. I can't wait to share this with my team. I'll give you kudos for it. Um, but I just, I can't wait to share all of this. You. Um, you are just, you know, a breath of fresh air in right now in a time when people are just kind of moseying, moseying, or not moseying, um, moping around, right? They're just kind of moping around and saying, I don't know what else to do. These are not additional things that they can be doing right now to make a difference in their business, not only today, but in the future. So I am so blessed that I had the opportunity to, think, um, to interview you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jen. It was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, listen, thank you so much for coming in. Take one of these, one, 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 just one. You don't have to do all of them, just one of these ideas and get it implemented so that it becomes a habit. And then you can start gathering all gathering up all the other ones as well. But take one of these, take one action today to move your business forward. And I want to say thank you so much for listening in and taking time um, out of your busy day to continue listen to listen into Mortgage Lending Mastery. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.